You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Random Fit with myself, Wendy Batts, and friend and co-host Ken Miller. Ken, how are you? I'm well, Wendy. How are you doing? I am doing great. And today's topic, I think, is the perfect time to discuss overeating, talking about weight management. So we are going to actually discuss the survival guide to buffets, because I know this time of year, especially in my world, everyone has parties, every, all this food is out and about, and I overindulge each and every time I go to one of these. It's crazy. I know better. We all know better, Uh, (laughs) but it is one of those situations where whether like, like you you said it, Wendy, you're at a party, everything's buffet that's sitting out on a table, but, you know, back in my long, long time ago, I used to live in Las Vegas, and everything was about, but every restaurant you would go into, if you went to a casino, they had a buffet option, and I had family and friends that would come visit me, and guess where we would go? It would be to a buffet. And that was once at least, sometimes twice for however long they were in town. But I tell you what, is nothing, nothing, nothing tempts you more than having basically everything you want out in front of you. Right. It oh. looks so good. It's it's crazy. It's yeah. If you well, live if you live there, it's 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 nuts. Not just that, but if you look at some of the research and what we found was people that visit buffets eat 30% more calories, 30% y'all, not just a few calories, but 30% more calories than if you had a home cooked meal. And it totally makes sense because I know when I just visited South Korea, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we would do the buffet in the morning because we had to hurry up. We didn't have time for someone to come and cook and sit down. So we would do the buffet and, you know, I'm like, oh, look at this muffin or look at this croissant or check this out when that would be totally something I would never order off the menu. But it was there. It looked amazing. And guess what? I ate it. <laughs> it's not yeah. good. And I think when, you know, you and I have had a chance to travel international and that that poses in and of itself a different situation, right? Because a lot they'll a lot of times they will have um, local foods, local flavors. Like when I was in Delhi, I had no idea that there were different types of non bread on top of different types of the sauces and the yogurts and the you know the different kinds of rice and the you know you have goat chicken. And so when you travel internet and, and for those of you that do travel international, it's, I, I think that's a pass. You, you, you go ahead and do it <laughs> just because you have, you have a chance and opportunity to eat things that you, you don't have easy access to, but as we'll go over, I'm sure on this podcast, there are ways of managing um, the, the balancing the difference between yeah, tasting the things that you want to taste, but also managing the calories that you take in, which can be totally nuts. But like like you said, Wendy, on your trip, you had your thing. On other trips that we've had together uh, for our conferences and presentations, yeah, it's it's hard. It it is it is hard, especially when the food that you're discovering is really really good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then you have it for multiple days. You're like, I got to go back and try this 
you know, bread pudding done this way that I'm like, oh, this was amazing too. So when you're looking and we can keep talking about the different varieties and options that are out there, but as you guys know, it's so much easier to go. And then if it's sitting out, you go back again, you may take in, you know, two or three different platefuls of things that you wouldn't normally consume, not necessarily your best choices. So when you're thinking about the medical and health benefits, when we were looking at it, the buffets are actually one of the things that when you're looking at what is what's what could be a, a factor that's a bad thing. It helps increase obesity rates, which is exactly what we're trying to diminish. Like, right, we don't want them to increase. We want to decrease the obesity rates as well as chronic diseases because a lot of the foods that are on buffets or in buffets, they're higher in sodium, they're higher in sugars. And this is obviously going to contribute to hypertension. It can lead to diabetes. Not saying that someone's doing this every day. However, if you do travel a lot and you are making bad choices, these are some things to think about when you are, you know, sitting down and you're like, what should I eat today? You want to keep in mind that that should be in the back of your head. Not good. Yeah. It, is, it is not. And in the environment that, like I mentioned before, I used to live in, being in Las Vegas, built around casinos, you have people that are there taking part in what's offered at a casino, which in, as an example, you have slot machines and, and they just now it's just put in the card and you just press the button before at least you could put in the coins and then <laughs> pull the handle, the one arm bandit, right? And that would, that would pause it up a little bit, but you go from a city seated environment to now where you're not moving, you're not doing much, but just pulling on an arm or just pressing a button to where now you just go to a buffet where you're now consuming, right? N nutrient poor, calorie dense selection of foods. So you do that day after day after day, or even you know a couple times a week, it, at the end of the week or at the end of the month, all of that adds up. So when you, talk about or consider a chronic behavior of sedentary lifestyle, which just from a day to day sitting behind the computer, typing up a report or projects or like what we're doing right now is sitting behind the, the screen and doing this podcast. But then you take in all these extra calories that actually your body doesn't deserve. That is going to have a cumulative effect when it comes to body composition, not to mention, you know, all the stuff that's accumulating in your arteries when you're talking about heart and sugar and inflammation and all those things that we have discussed in other episodes of uh, random fit yeah well and i think you know we were kind of talking back and forth and it's like all right what are some of the key things and, and when we talk about buffets you keep talking a lot about casinos and while i would love to be able to you know go to vegas and hit a casino <laughs> When we think about the holidays, I know for, with my family, you know, we have really big meals. We have food that's always set out. Like here's kind of the appetizers and the munchies, like the chips and the dips and the, you know, different things that our family members make. And then, of course, over here is where we're going to just serve ourselves, just come up anytime because it's a really big social event. And I know that happens in a lot of families. And so especially to think of, you know, all the things that all the fixings that you have during Thanksgiving and in different holidays, you know, around, uh, around this time of year. So what are some things that we can do in order to make sure that we're 
planning ahead and being smart. And I think number one is planning ahead. If you know that you're going to go to this event and you know that it, whether it's a birthday party or a celebration of whatever it is that your family does, eat something before you go. And it sounds so simple. It sounds so simple. However, people don't do that. So they're, they're stressing and running and, and, you know, the hustle and bustle through the day, you may not eat before you go. So you're just starving when you get there. And then you make very poor choices, just like don't ever go to the grocery store hungry. Um, so if you just, you know, eat a salad, eat a small like snack of something, something that's healthy that you enjoy, because again, you want to be happy that you're eating and planning ahead, you're going to be less likely to overeat when you have all of this stuff in front of you. Right. So you, one of the things I used to do uh, Thanksgiving, knowing that I was going to have three different types of pie, the turkey, the gravy, and you know all that stuff, the whole spread is laid out. And of course, uh, coming from a Filipino family, not only do you have all of that traditional Thanksgiving uh, food available to you, but you have the pancit, you have the lumpia, you have all the Filipino desserts. So saving my calories was exactly what I did. You, you know, we would have dinner. So I didn't have lunch. I, I had breakfast, but you already have in your mind that, hey, I'm going to consume a certain amount of volume of food. Why am I going to take up space and again this is my mentality 30 20 years ago even to where why am i going to take up space why am i going to consume calories now when i'm going to get all those calories later i'm just in the end i'm going to be consuming more calories if i have this meal before the big meal so overall but what you're saying there wendy is to prevent the overindulgence at the big meal Right? Because that's what it is. You're just not eating as much because you're you're somewhat satisfied. You're not as starving and you're not as likely to stack up the plate. But yeah. that, that's a mentality I had to get out of my head. As soon as I had kids, it was, all right, I can't do that anymore. I still kind of have that mentality too. Or that's the morning that I'm going to get up and I'm going to run really far. I'm going to do a really hard workout. I'm going to do whatever I can to try to burn as many calories before I go, because I, my family's the same. My dad is from Nashville. My family's from Nashville. So we do all the whole Southern fixings of chicken and dumplings, plus all the things. And then my mom being 100% Greek, we used to do a lot of baklavas and and all, all of it where we would only cook or get this one time a year because nobody wanted to cook it. So it was like, oh my gosh, this is the time. So you get super excited about food, which I love food. I'm a huge foodie. Um, but I would get really, really excited when I know that we were going to have some of these meals. And those of you guys that are joining us today on Random Fit, Ken Miller and myself, Wendy Bats, are talking about the Buffet Survival Guide. We're just talking about surviving the holidays and food choices in general, especially with a plethora of stuff that's um, going to be available. But, you know, I think besides planning ahead, I think it's also important to talk about mindful eating. And while it seems, again, very simple, we know this stuff, Ken, we know it. But when you're looking and talking with nutritionists and RDs and we ask them, what do you do to combat some of this stuff over the holidays? One of the first things they'll tell you is to grab a smaller plate than the bigger ones. Because again, when you start to fill up this small plate, you're kind of embarrassed to walk around with this huge mound of food on top of this plate. So you make better choices because of the room that you have. 
Plus, we want to grab the protein first. So grab whatever is the highest in protein that you have available, then surround it with colors, you know, the greens, the vegetables, whatever you can, and eat that first. So if you do decide to go back for seconds, that's when you can start to get the other things that if you had a bigger plate, more room for, you may have grabbed on the first trip. And we, we, we've talked to, we've had our guest, Kat Bearfield, uh, RD, and we've talked about the need for protein. So when you're talking about space allotment on your plate, again, considering what your body would need, if you think about that one, 1 1.2 grams of protein per body weight, uh, per pound of body weight, you know, let that be a guide as far as considering what your body needs and then let everything else fill in the space. But as a little bit of a consideration for those that are watching their macros and their balances uh, of proteins, carbs, and fats, giving protein its due, due space on your plate, that winds up taking up quite a bit when you think about the hard work that you've put in and what your body actually needs. So from a practicality standpoint, protein, veggies, getting their space, but protein first and then the veggies on top of that, that might give you a start as far as figuring out, okay, well, how much of this turkey, this chicken, this roast beef, whatever it is that's in front of you, you're going to put on there. Yep. And then you've got to think about the half plate rule. I think Kat's mentioned that before. So if you do have a plate and you're trying to think about what the plate should look like, because I'm a very visual person. So I'm like, all right, give me a visual. She was like, you know what, if you cut it in half, and then make it, you know, put it in quarters. So half of it's going to be the colorful vegetables, all, you know, the, the half salads or whatever it is. And then like a quarter of it being protein, but make sure that that's put on first because it may, it may take more room. And then another quarter is the starches or whatever it is that you really, really want to have. So you've got a quarter of like the things that are sweet or maybe not the best things for you. But when you're looking at the plate in general, you know, three fourths of that is for things that are actually going to be healthier for you. If you kind of think of that mentality when you go and don't go desserts first, I've done that before too. I'm like, Ooh, I want this one and this one and this one. And then, and then I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot to eat like the real food. So uh, do not do that, but it's happened. <laughs> well, since you, since you brought up bread pudding earlier, uh, if there is bread pudding anywhere in that buffet, that's, that's getting priority. That's what I had in South Korea, y'all. And it was phenomenal. So uh, I'm a big Trace Leche fan. So anything with like the creams and, and all of that, that was kind of how this bread pudding was. It was so good. So every day I was there, I uh, indulged for sure. However, we did walk a lot. We did burn off a lot of calories. So I, felt, I didn't feel as guilty uh, when I decided that was going to be my early morning choices, but then it needed to set precedence of, all right, I already had this this morning. Maybe should back away in the afternoon. But another big one too, isn't just about the portion and the, and the plate, but I think it's about hydration because you've always heard this too. The more water you drink, the more full you get. And so if you drink a bunch of water before you go, especially if you know, you might consume a little bit later, some alcoholic beverages. I mean, we're all, we're all adults here. So we know that that could happen. But the more that you hydrate before you go, the more full you're also going to, to become. So you're probably less likely to eat as much. And so when I was talking again with, with Kat, she's like, yeah, try to drink as many glasses of water or have a big glass of water before you actually sit down 
and, and start to eat. So before your meal, just grab a bottle or grab, a, you know, an eight ounce glass of water down that water first. Or if you have soup as an option, because it is more liquid based, it's going to fill you up as well. So two really good ways to maybe shut down some of your choices too, because you're already feeling full before you go in and, and walk the line, if you will. The, the other issue that staying hydrated takes care of is the fact that when you are dehydrated, it gives your brain the sense that you're actually hungry. So by doing all those things that you already mentioned, Wendy, drinking that water before, or actually just staying hydrated throughout the day, will prevent that false feeling of being hungrier than what you actually are. So when I'm working with my clients, half the time I'm telling them, like what you're saying is have your water, right? Consume your food and drink water during the meal. But the other, the other point of that is that you may not actually be as hungry as you feel like you are if you haven't been consuming water. So not only is it about taking up space in your stomach, but it's also about giving your brain the real sense if you're actually hungry or not. Well, and I think that's kind of leading us into what I I need to do. This is my issue, 100%. Going to throw it out there. But I eat very fast. Ken, you've seen it. I mean, I sit down and I've eaten like I've never had a meal before because in my mind, I'm always 10 steps ahead of the next thing I need to do. I don't sit there in the moment. I have a really hard time even when we have family dinners because I sometimes will be done before my husband even sits down because I'm like, okay, now I can start doing dishes and cleaning up. And that is definitely not how, like the way that you need to, yeah. to, to be. First of all, you want to be present. You want to enjoy the people around you. But if you can slow down and actually savor each bite, it will allow you in your brain to say, hey, I'm actually getting full. So you're less likely to keep eating. Because I know when I'm done, I'm like, gosh, I'm miserable. I ate way too much. But at the yeah. time, I'm just eating, 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 cleaning my plate. That's I was raised. Whatever's on your plate, you must finish and then move on. And if you can actually slow down, put your fork down, have yeah. a conversation, you're going to end up being way, way more successful <laughs> throughout your meals and your choices because you're feeling full quicker. Yeah, the, the part of chewing your food uh, does send that signal to the brain, but it tells us that, hey, it, it says to the stomach, there's food coming your way, right? So be ready. Uh, the other part of it is that digestion starts in the mouth by chewing the food, breaking it down. You make things a lot easier for the chain of events that's going to happen once you swallow that. So as you're chewing it, you're actually mixing the saliva, your saliva with the food and as you chew it more and more you're you're starting the digestion the digestion process right away so wendy when you're chomping on that food as fast as you're and i do the same thing. i'm just as good i tell i tell my kids chew your food at least 24 times uh -huh. 24 then that's and that that goes along with take a bite start chewing put your fork down right and it creates that little pause gives them an opportunity to chew your food, start digest that digestive process so that once it gets to the stomach, stomach doesn't have to do as much work than if you just sent it two bites worth of, of whatever food that you're eating that day. But the digestion process 
starts in the mouth. A lot of people think it starts in the stomach when it's kind of churning and mixing and mixing and churning. It starts with the mouth and, and getting that food broken down as much as you possibly can in the mouth before it goes into the digestion. It's going to make everything that much easier for, you know, your stomach, your small intestines, large intestines when it comes to breaking it down for all the nutrients that it needs. But a lot of benefit from the chewing aspect. The people yeah, that brings up a story. So my my husband's grandmother used to tell him because you know he was a young, very active, very hungry, ate a ton of food, you know, and it was like it would just burn through him. So he was never overweight. That was never an issue. But his grandmother to slow him down would tell him to even chew his milk. So he uh, so there's oftentimes we're sitting at the table where you'll hear my husband tell my my son, "Hey, you need to chew your milk," and you just see this puzzling look on a seven year old, like you want me to do what? And so it's actually pretty funny trying to watch him chew milk. So if you've never tried that, it's actually a, a, a fun thing to do, I guess, at the table because it really is interesting to watch someone try to do that. But you know, I, I think it also is important to think you know, when you start to smell the food and you start to really, you know, think about, okay, what am I getting ready to eat? If you haven't done any of this stuff, then there's going to be issues too of like triggers. There's going to be these smells and you're so hungry because you're like, oh my gosh, it smells so, so good. I can't wait to try this and try that. So I think knowing ahead of time, what, what are the things that you want to indulge in? What are your triggers? What are the things where you just can't say no to? And then, like you said too, that kind of brings you all the way back to planning ahead of, okay, I know that I'm going to have these three pieces of pie or whatever you you decide to have, or I know that I'm going to have this one particular, you know, dish because it's something that we only do once a year. If you you kind of make those choices ahead of time, or if you know there's things that you should stay away from because it makes you feel terrible afterwards, it's, it's always good to kind of have an idea of what is the menu. And I always ask people, right. so what's on the docket? You know, what do you want me to bring? How can I contribute? And then what is everyone else bringing? So then I can be certain, like very excited about certain things or I know, okay, I need to have a bite. So therefore I need to make other smart choices ahead of time. If you think about what you're going to have beforehand, that also helps. Yeah, there's there's not much more to add to that. But it, it's like, but if I know that if Brenda's bringing over her, her key dish, I'm going to make room for that. And if I know that it's very rich and it's very, however she makes it, then I'm going to say, well, all right, there's, there's a certain amount of calories that are going to go with that outing or that event. So knowing all of that, like you said, Wendy, if, if I know that there's, you know, neighbor A, neighbor B and neighbor C are doing a potluck. And I know that this is a bunch of cheese. This is very, salty a lot of all of that then i know that that i'm in for it but that's where the planning comes into play but i also have to consider like yeah i have to share i have to everybody has to have their fair whack at that platter yes well <laughs> I, and i always have to tell myself too it's not just about me or yeah. my family there are yeah. other people around so you know you always have to be mindful too that it's not just yours yeah. Um, unless they tell you it's yours and then then yeah. you're in trouble. But but uh, another key point, and this is actually I, actually I think one of the last ones that I, I really want to emphasize. I don't know what it is about Thanksgiving, but people eat and then they just sit on their tushes. And yes, you're having conversations. And yes, 
you know, you don't want to do anything, but they sit around, we watch football, we talk and reminisce and we ask how the year's been going because a lot of times we don't get to see these individuals because I, my family doesn't live local and I don't do anything. After I eat, I don't do anything. And I kid you not, two hours later, I'm starving again. I'm like, what is my problem? So what do I do? I go back and help myself to another, whatever it is that I wanted to have. That is like the worst thing you can do. So they'll tell you that if you really want to be mindful and you want to make good decisions, not just about the holidays, but when you're doing buffets or whatever it is, if you know you're over eight and you're feeling pretty, you know, maybe not so so good about yourself, just go for a walk. Do a family walk. Yeah. Go outside. I mean, we've started to do that now. If we don't do a family walk, we'll go outside and maybe play a game of soccer or we'll throw the ball around or we'll get the kids involved and we do stuff. So therefore, we feel like we're at least burning some of the calories that we ate. But just be mindful. Stay on your feet. Walk around. Get some steps in. Don't just sit there because you will feel even miserable the next day. Tell yeah. Me. Yeah. Well, when you when you bring up Thanksgiving, the one thing I think about is our little turkey bowl that we might do before we sit down. So all the guys will get together and we'll go to the park and play a little bit of flag football. But of mm -hmm. course, that drives the the appetite so that when we do get to the to the house we're we're just voracious but uh, knowing that we did a little planning knowing that we're going to eat we're going to consume we have our little event before the meal as you said planning now after uh, this is where having i had my i've had my dog for four years now that's it turns into a mile and a half walk after dinner so dog appreciates it I appreciate it, but it also gets me out of the house. That's now, you know. It gets full. you out of dishes. That's what it is. Yeah. I am. <laughs> you figured me out, Wendy. You, yes. you, you, you figured me out. I just don't want, I just don't want to clean up. That's, I'll eat, but so I'll, I'll walk the dog. Half yeah. of my family feels the same way. I'm like, wait, what? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I look at my watch. Yeah, they should be done about putting putting the plates away right now. So I think it's time I head back. Yeah. Well, and I think too, once you, you know, we're talking a lot about holidays, but you know, when you're looking at buffet, whether you're, you know, staying in hotels or you are traveling, this is such a busy time of year. Stress levels are really high, or I know they usually are in my family, right. and I'm sure around the holidays for many others, you know, just just self-reflect too. take some time. Again, I am terrible at this and I'm trying to get better because I know better. But when you're when you're eating meals, don't worry about your next meal. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Maybe think through some of the things that you ate, maybe plan ahead if you know, because again, when we have family together, we do this often and it's multiple days in a row. So if you're going to be in hotels, the buffet multiple days in a row, just think about what you ate. Think about how you felt. Think about, you know, were you really miserably fooled and then and then learn from that. So self-reflect, make adjustments. And then the next time you come back into that situation, you're a little bit smarter, hopefully, and making better choices. And that's and that's, a, I think, the, the big part of having meals, especially in the context of how we're talking about it. We're not just talking about you dining alone at a hotel or a casino buffet. The, you know, this conversation has been about when you're in town and you're with other people or you're visiting family and you have a gathering of people that you haven't seen for a while, 
it, that's that's why we have meals. That's why we have those sit downs and get togethers. It's not just about the food and enjoying the flavors. It is about thinking about what you have in front of you, who you have in front of you. And uh, that that's that's one thing that I, I try to instill in my kids, but for myself as well. And and overall, looking now at the practical aspect of consuming meals and maintenance and health and diet and nutrition. Yes. Spend some time. Look at what you did. Uh, not that that's bad. Yeah. Look at what you did. You want to <laughs> reflect on what just happened in front of you and, and like, okay, well, what can I do to be better? Or if I'm going to do this again in another day or two, uh, do I need to have this much the next time? Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. Where you sit too. Don't sit. I know a lot of times too. We'll have you know, the, the kitchen counters. Sometimes we'll have the islands in the middle that are filled with all the appetizers. And for some reason, everyone usually congregates in the kitchen area, at least in my family. And so you're just like, oh, check out this cheese and crackers, or check out this dip. And so then you're just mind like, and you're just mindless, and you're just eating random things that you normally wouldn't do. So I think the key takeaways, I think in my in my opinion, plan ahead. Eat something small before you go. Drink a bunch of water when you're there. Stay away from the appetizer tables. You know, the further away you are from the food, the less likely you are to munch and, and you know, snack on things before the actual meal. And then think about the half plate, you know, half of it vegetables, a quarter of it protein. Don't forget protein. Eat your protein first. And then whatever you want, starches or sweets or whatever for maybe a quarter, because you're going to eat it. Use a smaller plate. Just think and reflect and just be smart and you're going to do, do very, very well. Yeah. And I think the, the, the emphasis for me is the, is the activity before maybe, and definitely an act, some activity after just to, you know, help the digestive process. Come on. You did what you did. It's already in your stomach. So now you got to live with it. So move it. It's done. Damage is done. So go out, go for a walk, enjoy the the cool, brisk air, especially if you're in the northern hemisphere. So from that vantage point, just move, which we should be doing anyway. And again, we are random fit. And when it comes to fitness, it's it is about movement. So why should a post indulgence at a buffet be any different? You just gotta do a little bit more of it and you know, who knows? That's yeah. a slogan, I think, right? Just do it. Jess, I think, I think that's out there somewhere. That somewhere before. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. So uh, Wendy, thanks for your insight. And now you got me looking forward to uh, when I'm going to have some turkey sitting alongside lumpia and pancit. So I've never had either one of those, by the way, but sounds like Wendy. <laughs> I need, I need to expand your, your, your exposure to cultural foods. Apparently, I need to get out more. So there you have it. <laughs> All right. For, so for everybody who's listened to us talk about eating a lot of food uh, <laughs> with the Buffet Survival Guide, thank you for listening to Random Fit. On behalf of both Wendy Batts and I, Ken Miller, we appreciate you listening. And hopefully we'll have you again listening to another episode of Random Fit. So like, follow, subscribe comment let us know what you want us to talk about and we'll do what we can to get that information out to you uh share and of course rate us when you can but until next time everybody take care and be well